Welcome to Real Dog Talk with Perfectly Imperfect Pups. Real dogs, real people with real talk. Today, I am drinking wine. That is my drink of choice because I am not filming during work day. So it is the evening and I can drink my wine. And today's podcast is brought to you by Love is Art, which is our annual fundraiser. We have just started planning that, so be on the lookout for details. It is in a wonderful evening benefit benefiting perfectly imperfect pups. So today we're chatting about making it work. Often people adopt dogs and they are not perfect, right? Because who is? Um, And instead of working through those issues, they're very quick to return dogs. Not everyone, and that is what today's episode is focused on. We are focusing on the stories of how people have made it work, how they've taken anxiety and issues in the dogs that they have adopted. They have committed to these dogs, and they're making it work. So today we're chatting with two different people. Today we are joined by Samantha. She adopted Sadie from Pips. And we're also chatting with Erin, who is a fantastic volunteer foster, and she adopted Aspen during the pandemic. So we're going to chat with them about how they made it work. Today, we are joined by Samantha, who is an adopter of Pips, and we always love to chat with our adopters. Thanks so much, Samantha, for being on with us. You are so welcome. And tell us who you adopted. I adopted Sadie in January of 2021. Okay, so you guys, uh, what is that, two years now? Yeah, two years. Oh, wow. I can't even believe Sadie had been, wow, that was, and that was like right in the beginning. That was a while ago. Yeah. Well, late congratulations I, on the adoption. Thank you. <laughs> did, did you go and pick up Sadie from the shelter yourself? I did not, no. Okay. Um, but I do remember her coming in. Um, so it's funny cause I'm not always the memory of the rescue. Um, I generally call Eve for memories because I like things come in and come out, but I did remember, I was like, Sadie, she sounds so familiar. Let me go look her up. And as soon as I saw her, I remember her in her litter who was adorable. Yes. And they still are. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, the, the small little, um, terrier little, um, if I remember correctly, she had huge ears. Does she still have huge ears? She still has the huge, she has a huge head for a medium sized dog. <laughs> I had to, um, we had a little incident when trying to clip her, her nails recently. And I had to go out and buy her another, um, e-collar. And, um, I totally forgot that she has a large neck, not a medium. <laughs> So and she has these short stubby legs too. So she sort of looks like a corgi. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. So when you I know we are talking about um kind of ways people um take, you know, dogs with issues, anxiety, um behavioral and, and instead of just saying, "Oh, I'm going to return it to the rescue or drop it off at the shelter because it's not the perfect dog. We're talking to people on how they kind of make it work because, you know, adoption is for life and not all dogs are perfect and you just kind of work through those imperfections and make it part of your life. So tell me a little bit, um, you said that she has some anxiety. So let me know, tell me a little bit about her anxiety and how that kind of shows. Um, it shows by this need to run and hide. She has a really strong flight instinct. 
poor baby. Yeah, especially around thunderstorms or if there's construction in the neighborhood, which we're about to have our roof replaced. So that's going to be interesting. Uh. Uh, <laughs> actually, she's going to go and stay with her foster mom. I, we still have a strong relationship with her foster mom. She's oh, that's stay with awesome. Her for a days. I yeah. love that. I love that. Not and, everybody uh, does. So I, I appreciate when fosters keep in contact with their adopters. Oh, well, uh, her foster mom adopted one of her puppies. Yes, that's right. She yeah. did. She did. Yeah, and we still also have puppy parties at my house on oh, occasion. Oh, fun. So she, yeah, which is a really huge thing because when we first got her, she that day uh, was ordered by the vet to start weaning. Mm. And she, um, the the foster mom had a hard time trying to keep Sadie away from her babies because she would build up a barrier. And Sadie would jump over the barrier. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so she had to come to our house a couple weeks early. And oh, she missed her babies so much. It really took us a couple of months before she really started connecting with us and letting that go. I mean, I felt so bad for her because she had a strong maternal instinct to be around her babies. And, and they weren't there. And they, I'm yeah. sure she was worried about where they were. I'm sure she was. Yeah, it's definitely a transition for them to go through that. Um, you know, they're definitely built, though, not to um, be with their families forever like we are. So it's a little bit yeah. different. And lots of people, um, you know, don't understand that it does take time, but they generally get over it. So when she um, when she gets anxious, how does she? How do you see that in her? Like, what do you see that make that you start saying, "Oh, this is coming," or the anxiety, the run, the flight, all of that is coming? Oh, she will uh, crouch down really low, and then just you could see it in her eyes. She just starts panicking, looking for a place to hide. And she will start pacing around the house and um, I have to, uh, if I don't have her thunder jacket with me when we're at home, um, I will take a heavy blanket and put it around her and I will just hug her until she calms down. Oh, so yeah. does she, um, what kind of things you said her eyes and she crouches down? Um, you know, I think body language is so important. And I think that even if you're not a trainer or an expert, you can see your dog and their body language and watching kind of how they hold themselves and what they do is super important. Um, what does she do with her tail when she gets anxious? Does she tuck it or does she, does it go straight up or what does she do? Oh, it, it's, it goes right between her legs. It disappears. almost. <laughs> Poor baby. Yeah. So and when she first, when she first came here, she actually, um, I didn't see, I think she kept her tail tucked between her legs for probably the first few weeks. Aww. She was just so scared. Just so I mean, scared. She didn't, yeah, she didn't dislike us. I knew that right away because she, we had met her a couple times, and I mean, as soon as her foster mom had left, she, she licked my face, but she was just really withdrawn and shy and very timid in her body language. Yeah, some dogs take a little bit longer on that transition, especially a dog with any kind of anxiety. So, yeah. things that you do to help her with her anxiety when you're at home, what are things that you do? I know you said the thunder jacket, which we love. Anything else in the blankets? What else do you do to help her with that anxiety? Um, it's also, you know, just general assurance day to day, um, just love. Um, yeah. In the evenings, she really needs a good belly rub before she goes to sleep. 
I need a good belly rub before I go to sleep too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, and I think that that's important is the consistency that some do- some dogs crave more consistency than others. Some dogs could care less you know, what your schedule is and how much it changes while others kind of want that consistent, want that insurance from, um, you know, their parents that everything is okay. Yeah. And she sounds like she's one that craves that. Yeah. Yeah. But she's also lucky because, you know, we have a relationship with her foster mom and, um, she, so she sort of like has this extended pack. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. It takes a village, right? Yeah. (laughs) So does her, you had mentioned also um, before we started chatting on air um, that sometimes she gets anxious on walks. Um, How do you um, handle that? And kind of what do you do proactively for her um, anxiety on walks? So when I know that um, there's going to be a lot of noise, like say, there's construction going on in the neighborhood. She hates the sound of hammering because it sounds a lot like thunder or gunshot. Uh, so I just keep a little bag of training treats in my pocket. As a matter of fact, I break them in half um, per a request from my vet. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> one of those pet parents. I do the same thing, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, so when we start hearing it, I'll just start feeding her one at a time. In quick succession, as soon as she finishes one one of those bites, I will give her another until she calms down. And that works really, really well. Incredibly well. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I think that, um, you know, what works for some won't always work for others, right? But True. I think it's great yeah. that you guys have figured out, that you figured out what works for her and what calms her down. Is she a flight risk when you guys are on walks? If she gets anxiety? Potentially. Yeah. Um, Whenever we see, uh, we're walking down the road and we see like maybe a garbage truck. I remember the first time I took her on a walk where we came across a garbage truck. She really wanted to just run and hide. Yeah. And so I pulled her way off the road, maybe about 10 to 15 feet. I I know this neighbor now because of my dog, um, but... I just had to get her off the road and away from all this big noise because she was wanting to run and hide. And I just basically um, got down on my knees and I put her between my legs and I just hugged her until um, the truck passed. And that calmed her down a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Just just having that physical assurance that I was right there and I was going to protect her and take care of her. That really helped her tremendously to calm down in that moment. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, is there any um, advice that you give or, you know, you have for people um, working through um, different types of anxiety with their dogs? Not as an expert, but as a do- dog owner dealing with the same thing. Just a lot of patience and a lot, just pay attention to your dog and their behavior. Um, and they will change if you give them time with Sadie it took a couple months before we really saw her come out of her shell mm-hmm. um, now she's just totally relaxed around us um, but I saw some pictures of her a few a couple months ago because it was the anniversary of when we adopted her and she you could just see the terror and just fear in her eyes from that first night compared to now where she 
Right. You know, expects breakfast and dinner at a certain time. And she expects <laughs> right. walks at a certain time. And she expects belly rubs at a certain time. And right. She knows when my husband's coming home from work. <laughs> of course. I'm sure she's got him wrapped around her little finger, her little paw. Oh, she has us both wrapped around her little paw. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story today. Um, I really appreciate it. I think that, you know, we focus a lot on, um, you know, negative things that it's nice to kind of talk about the positive things and how people make it work. So I really appreciate you being on here, sharing your story and giving love to an adopted dog. Oh, thank you. So now we are chatting with Erin, who is an amazing foster and volunteer uh, for PIPS. She helps with our um, adoption team, and we couldn't run PIPS without that because she deals with a lot of crazies. <laughs> hey, Erin, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for coming on today. So we are chatting about kind of ma- the way that people make things work because we adopt a dog in our head. Um, we think that a dog is going to be a certain way and they are just like people that have their own personality and their own issues. And so a lot of times people just, you know, return the dog. And so we want to hear about the great stories of why people, how people kind of worked through the issues and stuff that um, they saw with their adopted dogs. So tell me a little bit um, about, um, today we're chatting um, about Aspen. So tell me a little bit um, about her, where you got her, um, you know, kind of some of the issues that you guys started to see with her right away. Sure. Uh, We adopted Aspen in uh, June of 2020, right? When the summer of the pandemic started and um, yeah, so where a lot of people we, adopted their dogs. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. And so she, um, you know, we were we were looking around at a couple different options and places, and um, we we found her uh, through Kara out in Sanford, and she was transferred there through um, a shelter. So from the shelter into the rescue, and so we went out, um, we applied, and it was similar processes Pips has with the references and, um, you know, all of the, the checks on that. And we went out to meet her and um, it, she was so cute and leaned <laughs> into my husband and, you know, was just such a proper lady. Just and selling herself, the, right? Oh, yeah, she was. <laughs> and she, it was a kind of an outside space. And so she went out um, over to the gate and kind of pawed at the gate and we're like, oh, bonus. It looks like she might be potty trained. Um and so she, you know, and she was, that was something, thankfully, um, it, we were very lucky with that. So that was very good. But um, so we, you know, fell in love and we brought her home and um, she did great in the car on the ride home. And um, we, we learned later, we, you shouldn't take them to PetSmart right on the way home. But, you know, first time adopters. First time adopters, people do it. Yep. (laughs) So we did that. And she was, she was fine, walked around the store, uh, probably shocked and exhausted and everything. But um, we went and brought her home and she was, she seemed to be okay. And uh, we thought it was so cute how she would snore on her, um, her dog pillow (laughs) in the kitchen. And it was like, super cute. And we were totally in love. Right. And, um, And we still are. But, um, then, you know, a couple days into it, uh, she seemed maybe to kind of realize where she is or something. You know, we, we talk about the three-day, three-week, three-month mm-hmm. rule, 
adoptions. And I think this is, you know, this is kind of um, uh, the poster in my head with it. And so she um, started to just seem a little unsettled, would pace around the house, um, not really anything destructive, just really uneasy, like wouldn't, wouldn't settle down, wouldn't sit on the couch or anything, just pacing around. Um, and she started to be, maybe you could use the word reactive around the neighborhood, like when she used to be able to pass people and dogs, um, now she would, you know, pull and bark on the leash. Right. And, you know, does she want to meet or not? And so we would then start like redirecting and changing direction. Um, then she would start jumping and kind of like wanting to play tug of war and like uh, a kangaroo playing tug of war on the leash over there. Um, or sometimes <laughs> would just stop. And so I thought, I mean, she was maybe like 30, 35 pounds. And so I would pick her up and carry her, you know, a third of mile home or whatever. Um, and said, okay, well, well we'll figure this out. Well, you know, um, so we adopted her in June and uh, we ended up contacting a trainer in early July about it. And uh, they took the time to do an extensive consultation um, with us and said that uh, they think that we should also check in with the vet to have her examined and to see, you know, if they notice any, anything, any behaviors, anything like that. Um, the vet pardon me, the trainer suggested that, um, that she sounded like she was on the anxious um, side of things and perhaps not absorbing the work we were doing and the training with her. Sure, and because so, when their brains are just going and not able to, it's like ADHD, right? Like when you're not able to focus on things or when you're worrying about everything around you, with anxiety or depression or anything like in people, you can't focus on the things. So it's the same with the dogs. When their brain is not settled, it makes it hard for them to absorb what you're trying to teach them. Yeah. So we, um, we had the vet, um, they observed her and they suggested that we try um, a low dose of an anti-anxiety med medication for her. Right. And um, we, we decided to go for it. You know, at this point it was July. We had family members suggesting, why are you, why are you going to put yourself through this? You should bring her back to the rescue. Um, you know, you don't, you don't need this kind of trouble in your life, all that kind of stuff. And we said, no, we signed the contract. I, I mean, I'm, I do freelance work. It was a pandemic. I certainly had the time to help her out. And we were fortunate to have the means that we could, pursue trainers or vet consults or anything like that. Right. So we said, no, we're going to take this path, see what, you know, see how we can help her to, to be a dog, to, you know, yeah. to be a, a happy family dog. And so um, we, we started on the medication and it probably did take, you know, a month, two months um, to, you, we started seeing changes where she then would be able to you know, to sit down if we're sitting down to watch a show at night or, right. you know, to sit down um, when we're having dinner and not just walk in circles around the around the kitchen island or something. Right. Um, and like I would carry her less on walks and she wouldn't be jumping around um, and you know, starting to see the, the resemblance of an actual puppy yeah. in there, an actual dog. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love it. So, and it was probably... Um, 
January. So we, we adopted her in June, started to, you know, um, consult with the vet and the trainer in July. It was January when she was able to go to a group class. And at that time, the trainer said, this is a totally different dog. And oh, so it. all the work we did with her was sticking and she was able to go. I don't know. There might have been like 10 dogs there. Um, and so she was able to go and do the class and it was, you know, basic stuff, walking, healing, sit, stay, all that kind of stuff, but she was able to do it. So I thought, wow, this is, I felt like, you know, we did, we did. Yes. And so, yeah. Do a little so dance. You guys like helped her overcome it. I think it's freaking awesome. Yeah. So we did that. And then, um, you know, I just, I continued working with her, um, once, life, you know, life kind of picked up, work picked up again. We kept the home training schedule. And something that is really important for her is her exercise. So mm-hmm. um, I'm, you know, as as much as possible, we keep her on the one long walk in the morning and then, you know, um, a shorter one in the afternoon just to keep her from getting too wound up through the day. So right. do that. And then um, I decided to try another group class. So I figured, well, Let's try this good citizen business, the nice manners class. Yeah. And um, she did she did that. And then we did, a, um, I guess, a second level of that called the distraction proof class. And then um, the uh, there were other options like scent work and agility and all of that. Um, and something, some barn hunting class that they suggested. Yes. And, I love oh, barn hunting. She, <laughs> and she, um, she, you know, she's very athletic. She's got... At first, we thought she was maybe a greyhound mix or whatever. She's got that kind of um, lean physique to her. And so she, um, we decided to try agility, and she took to it. The teacher said, at, you know, the first day, she's like, she's a natural. Sometimes it takes them, um, you know, a bit of time to get onto the equipment and everything. And we did a six-week class, and by the end of it, she was doing the, like, the seesaw and the A-frame and the... Um, the long, tall yes. dog walk over there. Yeah. So she did that. And then um, about two weeks ago, she passed her canine good citizen test. Woohoo! So yeah. Our success story over there. But yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think that's, you know, you hit like every potential point. Um, in working with a dog with anxiety or some behavioral issues. So you did the training, you did the medication, you do the physical exercise and the mental exercise. So you kind of have done it all. Um, How is her anxiety now that she's on a routine and on medication? It's, she is a regular dog out there. I don't know that, you know, Sometimes we tell the story and people don't exactly believe that that's where it started. And now she can walk around the neighborhood with no issues. She has her little doggy friends and everything. Um, she travels with us. We can, you know, go on a vacation somewhere. We do sometimes have little surprises. Like if, uh, when was it last year, there was a cabin with like bear statues and there was one fishing bear that she just she barked at and we're like okay that one can stay in the cabinet like whatever you know <laughs> right little things we're like oh that's just asking you yeah know? um so and that's and one thing um that she she traveled in the car great on the way home from the when we adopted her but we did learn that she does not like the car um oh. 
she'll be in the back seat and she'll she'll jump at passing cars and everything. So he said, well, that's not safe, but she still needs to go places. So we got um, a, a carrier crate that she fits in quite comfortably with her pillow. And so we call it Aspen's uh, special transporter. And so <laughs> that's how we get around that. So and said, does she you know, do better I, in that? Oh, she's perfect. She yeah. lays in there like it's her her little den. And so... She goes and she'll take she'll take a snooze and what you know if it's if it's down the street um, like we, we have a family that's five minutes away she goes in there to go five minutes or you know a long trip we went out to Tennessee last year and she's fine the whole way we stop take breaks and then she gets right back in there like okay ready ready for part two so that's the accommodation we made for um, for yeah. the car business but yeah. That's amazing. Well, you um, have definitely shown how um, hard work and dedication um, can make an adoption. Um, And, you know, the three rule, you mentioned it in the beginning, and it's 100% true. And, uh, you know, I I think that um, more people when need to stop giving up on their animals so quickly, um, as we see it quite a bit in the rescue. But, um, you know, we wanted to really dedicate some time in talking to people who are actually making it work. So thank you for making it work. And thank you for being on today. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to Aaron and Samantha for sharing their amazing stories today. Sometimes it's altering the way you do things. Sometimes it's medication. Sometimes it's physical. And sometimes it's mental. And sometimes it's a mix of all of those. But these are ways that you can help your dog overcome anxiety and some behavioral issues, working with your vet and trainers and figuring out what's going to work for your dog. And we applaud you for making it work because a lot of people don't. So we would love to hear your stories. If you make it work, if you have a dog with anxiety or issues and you've done things, whatever your things are, to make it work, we would love to hear from you. There's a form on our website. It's pipsrescue.org forward slash real dog talk. And you can fill that out and we would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for coming on the journey with us today. Um, And we just, you know, we want to share those success stories and we're so happy to. Please subscribe to us and follow us on your favorite place to listen to podcasts. And we will see you next time.